This is Erin. And this is Jessica. And this is episode 121 of the Double Knit Podcast. Yay. Welcome to October. Yes. The best month of the year, in my opinion. Yeah. It's my favorite It's month. your birthday month. It is. Also, it's like... Pumpkin everything First month. pumpkin everything <laughs> and like the first full month of fall. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Busting out on my sweaters. I know. It's great. Yeah. I got new boots. Mm. Yeah. All kinds of good stuff. All the autumny things. Yeah. I like it. Uh, so, Cardi Party is happening. Yes. I have two cardigans going. Oh. It's crazy over here. Well, um, good you can knit one for me. <laughs> <laughs> My list this month is really, it's really short, so, and there's no cardigan on anywhere on there, so... Uh, so you can knit a cardigan and join in the Cardi Party, uh, mm-hmm. if you have another month. It goes to November, oh wait, did I extend it to the 30th or the 15th? I don't remember now. It might be the 30th. It's in the thread already. Yeah. It's not so good with dates the yeah. last couple weeks. Yeah, um, I don't know. I wrote down November 15th, but I didn't fact check myself. <laughs> I took Monday, Monday the 17th is my birthday and I took it off of work but then my boss was like it's not on my calendar and then I went through this whole thing and was like but I took it off did I take it off I don't know if I took it off <laughs> I went through this whole thing it was not showing up on his calendar but it was on my calendar that he had approved uh, so there was just yeah yeah so the yeah <laughs> what's going on it's been a couple weeks yeah um so join in the Cardi party mm-hmm and then my other announcement is that I have a new pattern out. It came yeah, out yesterday. I saw that. I'm so excited. Um, I have a pattern, a mitten pattern in Jill Draper's new pattern collection called Rural Renewal. It's hard for me to <laughs> say. So, the rural and it's a 10 pattern collection. And I think through Saturday, you can get all 10 patterns as like an ebook collection for $25. And then after that, they're available for single pattern sale. Oh, okay. um, and she's doing like this whole in studio thing where if you're, she lives in the Hudson Valley, like mm-hmm. you can go and they'll have kits available for all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's having like an open studio thing, which is How really cool. How did you get involved with that? Uh, she posted a call on Ravelry, Mm -hmm. like, in the designers group, which I don't frequent. I just go there when I'm looking for specific things. Mm -hmm. And, um, I liked her mood board, and I was like, I have a great idea for this, and I submitted it, and she accepted it. So... Very cool. Uh, they're two-color mittens, and they have an Intarja snowflake, or it's kind of a quilt block snowflake Mm -hmm. kind of motif. Um... So if you put your hands together, it makes a complete, like, star, quilt star on them. Uh, they're knit flat, and it is in Tarja, but they're easy, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's really exciting. Yeah, that's And Gail cool. Zucker did the photography, and the yes. pictures are really pretty. And there are patterns by uh, Kristen Tendike, I believe, and Laura Nelkin, and Jill Draper, and Lee Meredith, and... I don't know. There are 10 people, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's really exciting. So check Very that cool. out. Um, and. Da, da, da. Uh, uh, oh, I stopped at the Nordic Knitting Conference. Oh, did you? I did. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't take a class, although I think I might take classes next year. Um, is it next year or is it It's the, two years. Every two years, yeah. Every two years, because they're going to build a new Nordic Heritage right. Museum. Um, and that's in my neighborhood in Seattle. I, mean, I live in Ballard, which is, used to be its own town full of Norwegian fishermen. <laughs> so, um, the Nordic Heritage Museum is located here. And right now it's in what used to be a school and they're now turning it back into a school because of the amount of people who have moved here and had kids. Cause yep. before they were closing schools because people there weren't like, enough kids like you, like me, <laughs> Gross. Came to Ballard, had children. <laughs> Technically, I had a child before I moved to Ballard, but she was oh, in yeah. school age. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, they had some really interesting classes there. 
this year. Some weaving and a bunch of spinning. I know Judith was doing spinning classes. Nancy they had Bush Arnie and Carlos there. doing some fun things. Color work stuff, I yeah. think. Um, and uh, Nancy Bush was there mm-hmm. teaching. And Evelyn Clark was teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just did not get it together to register for any yeah. classes. Um, but I stopped because they have a very small market. It's like seven vendors. Uh-huh. And a lot of them are local yarn stores. Um, but I bought two things. I don't usually oh. talk about, like, the stuff I buy, but these are super fun. It's, um, and they're local. Nano Stitch Lab. So I got Never this sci- scientific sock, which is a merino <laughs> nylon. And it's a speckle called Orbit that's, like, a gray, tonal gray. Toky gray. Yeah, yeah with, with blue and orange, really which is, like, the speckles. colors I was wearing when I bought it. Because that happens. Each specimen is unique. Yeah, very it's cool. Really I've never heard of them. And it's 463 yards, so it's a good mm-hmm. uh, good thing. And then um, the Mad Scientist duo and Dr. Frankenfurter and Riff Raff. Oh, except yeah. those colors are not I know. Dr. Frankenfurter or Riff Raff. The, they're but. like, um, they're Halloween, <laughs> so there's a full skein of a sock that's a speckle and kind of solid with gray, like, Orange and uh, Halloween purple colors, yeah. and then the like, it's a, and it's actually there's like magenta in there. Mm-hmm. Should have been magenta and refer. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a half skein of this like bright neon orange. So that's interesting. And I'm super into Halloween knitting fun. this year. Yeah, yeah, and it feels really nice. Um, Doesn't look anything is, like Frankenfurter or Riffra. No, but, you know, but I like. The name sold me, though, on yeah. the car. So. <laughs> Those are really cute. I've yeah. never heard of that before. No. They're, Do they have their own booth or was someone they else They had their own booth, them? yeah. Ah. They had um, sock blanks and they had these little duo things and single skeins. They have, um, like, a superwash single yarn and um, I, wanted to, I want to say they have, like, mini skein bundles, but I don't know if that's absolutely correct. <laughs> but... They were super nice. Well, that's really cool. And um, I love their little atomic 1950s kind of Mm -hmm. um, logo there. Logo there. That's Nano Stitch Lab. They're on Etsy if you want to check them out. Um, And I think with this duo thing, I'm going to knit Spectrum, which is by Hohilo Gatelli. It's like a two-color, kind of asymmetrical shawl, triangular Mm -hmm. shawl. Where you start with one color, like you would start with bright orange, and then stripe it in kind of a chevron stripe mm-hmm. with the main color, and then the stripes get further apart, mm-hmm. and then you end with the main color. And I think this is like the exact correct yardage for it. Oh, so cool. um, I'm planning on casting that on soon. That's fun. That was really fun. I, I I already told Aaron that um, I went to the member preview at Seattle Art Museum on Sunday because it was the last day for the member preview of uh, East Saint Laurent exhibit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just really really gorgeous, really interesting, inspiring. Like just tons I'm of really his to go. original designs, sort of spanning his whole career, but also um, like just like maybe three full walls of giant pieces of paper where with his sketch of an, like, like basically like a a runway show Mm -hmm. with his sketch of the garment. And then like the little swatches stapled or stuck onto the, the paper for each outfit. And you can really like walk along the wall and kind of go through time and like see all the transitions (sighs) and the way the shapes change and the color palettes change. And they did all of these, um, just whole walls that were just pages with swatches on them. So they did one that was like all blue green and one that was all reds. And, um, they, yeah, it was just, it's, it's really interesting. There's some incredibly beautiful things there. Like there was one garment where I like turned the corner and I like, like nearly like burst into tears. It was <laughs> so beautiful. And I was just like, ah, but it was fun too. Cause I took, um, I took my younger son and he's, um, an artist and he's designing constantly like working on designing like his own manga and like all these characters. Mm-hmm. And so I, they, when we went in, they, they said, Oh, you're, you're welcome to take photos if you want, which, you know, is doesn't not usually the case at, yeah. at a museum. Um, 
And I turned at one point, I saw him like pulling his phone out and taking pictures of some of the garments. So oh, I was cool. like, oh, you know, what do you see? And he's like, oh, I just like this detail or that detail. So he was suddenly like noticing, you know, the, the idea of like what kind of design elements he could incorporate into costumes for his characters and kind cool. of taking that away. Yeah, it was, but it was a beautiful exhibit. It's really fascinating. Um, yeah, totally worth seeing. And I don't, I don't know if it's going to travel. I think this was organized by the Seattle Art Museum. Oh, I didn't know that. But, um, yeah, I really, looked at the really dates. It's in Seattle through January 8th. Okay. So if you're in the area or if you're going to be visiting between now and January 8th, you can go see it. Yeah. Seattle Art Museum is located downtown. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to get to if you're, if you're visiting. Visiting, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk about some knitting? Uh, so there's not a lot of knitting to talk about, but sure. Um, I think since we last met, <laughs> I finished my blue star beanie, or maybe I had already finished it the last time we talked, and I finished one of those circle mitts that I was working on, started the second one, realized I, like, I had, I've been taking my notes in Google Docs, but I had the document open on my computer, and di- it didn't save a bunch of notes that I did, so, you know, I have to, like, look at the other one and count mm-hmm. and figure stuff out. So then I'm like, that's Road difficult. Block. Okay. I'm, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start something else. So then I found, um, an artist, an artist, a designer rather, <laughs> um, doing a, like it was an Instagram knit along, uh, that she was kind of doing in, it wasn't a mystery cause she showed you what the final piece was. It's, mm-hmm. it's called like Rickart or Rickart, R I K A A R T. Um, but she was just releasing it like one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. And I, like an idiot, forgot to grab the final piece of it. So she, but she's released the pattern and it was only $4. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm just buying it now because I forgot to save the <laughs> final part. Because oh, no. yet, but you know, but it's another one of these things where I'm like grabbing and I'm saving it in Google Docs and now I'm like scared I'm going to do something stupid to it. So at least now I own like a real copy of it. Um, but it is a, very colorful, very modular cowl, um, with all sorts of garter stitch, um, stripes and blocks. And is that this? That's this thing that I'm working on. So you start with a little triangle, a stripey triangle. I think you're doing working in like, uh, six or seven colors and you do like a little stripey, yeah, like a little shawl. And then you go into a series of, um, different color blocks and then like I done this side, I want you go off and do, um, like bias stripes, but on this side, the stripes run the other direction. Anyway, so it's, it's very PC and chunky and scrappy. And so I just basically, you needed about 80 yards of all these yarns. And I, my color selection process was, was this sophisticated. I pulled out a scale. I pulled out a bag of scraps. <laughs> I weighed skeins. And the first like six that I found that were all 80 grams or more <laughs> went in the bag. So, not a very thoughtful color selection. It's very tailored. I know. <laughs> very tailored color selection. Not very thoughtful color selection, but you know, I'm just sort of going with it anyway. But, uh, but I just have not been knitting a ton lately. So, um, I've made. I mean, I'm only on like part four of seven, and I like these little you know, blocks a lot. Yeah, it's just it's you know they're just you knit them. You get you've okay. got just a few stitches on the needle. You're knitting along sideways to the your, the. So you, you knit, um, a chunk of stripes. Like if you imagine you've knit the edge of a triangle shawl and then like sideways as if you were doing a sideways edging, but you're just alternating colors in garter stitch for in little, um, four ridge chunks. So it's like one color and then, then the main color, then another color, then the main color. Um, and yeah, now it's, it's stripey. It, 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 it's a whole journey. Like there's just stuff in every direction. At, at every turn. So uh, this is only, you know, the very beginning. Um, but that is it. I'm just like wow. super, super un, unproductive knitter lately. So well, you said not last a lot time that report. you were saying you were not feeling it particularly. So. Um, it's not even, I mean, I'm just having days where it's like, I, like last week I had a lot of like days where I was like one day where I worked like 4.30 to 1 a.m. And I just mm-hmm. like didn't really knit that day. Also, I haven't really mentioned it, but I've been, um, I've rejoined a gym I did this summer. And so I've been, um, a lot more disciplined where I'm definitely going like three times a week and really working out. So 
that's eating up a little bit of time. My son just, my older son just moved out. So we, there's been a lot of, um, domestic upheaval. Yeah. And even, or just things like I had to spend my whole day off yesterday, like carting him around to like, he needed to go to the dentist and then he needed to go like buy more cookware and shirts. And so I just mm-hmm. ended up like calling him around, um, which I didn't mind cause I don't get to see him otherwise. <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like I haven't, um, had as much time, like free time to just hang out and knit. But, um, yeah, so it's like, it's still there. I'm still doing it. I'm still interested in doing it. I'm just not spending the, the amount of time that I mm-hmm. use that I, you know, I have in the past. So there's that, but I'm sure you've knit enough to make up for both of us, right? I have a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> Somehow <Let's... laughs> I suspected you would. So let's see. I finished my Tupshin socks from last mm-hmm. time that, um, knit along ended on the 30th. And I would show you my socks, but Andy still has them because she's taking pictures for the Instagram, the, the magazine uh, Instagram account. So I don't have them back yet. Um, I mean, they're my pattern I've been before. Yeah. So it's like nothing exciting except they were like really freaking bright colors this yes. time. Uh, and I finished Brickless by Martina Ben. And mm-hmm. I've been wearing it. I didn't block it very well, so I think I'm going to block it again and... Um, really strip like use pins and stuff. I just kind of like patted it out. Oh yeah. I had soaked it and then forgot I had been soaking it. So oh, oops. I was like, oh, I need to lay this out to dry. So I'm going to redo it and block it more aggressively. I think it's really long. I just want it deeper. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I love that. And that's in Miss Babs. Yowza what a skein in the biker chick color, which is all fall colors. Like, grays and burnt oranges and red. I love it. And I finished my Christmas sweater, which I was working on right. the sleeve. Second? Yeah, first sleeve last nearly time. done last time. Yeah. So I finished that and then blocked it. I haven't taken pictures yet because um, it's actually been nice until like this week. Mm-hmm. And now we're having this triple storm threat thing. <laughs> yeah. Windstorm. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I like it. I don't know. I talked a lot about it last <laughs> time. So yeah. uh, it's a colorful winter sports outfit from A Stitch in Time, Volume 2. And I did a ton of modifications on it. Yes, you did. Um, which I put all in my notes in Ravelry. And hopefully I'll take pictures soon. Um, yeah, I'm really happy with it. And now I'm thinking about knitting <laughs> cardigan for Christmas. <laughs> like really into the, ho- just really into holiday knitting this time. Cause I'm, I was planning that kind of the nano stitch lab yarn mm-hmm. I got. Those Frankenfurter riffraff. Those are definitely Halloween colors. Yeah. Um, and I'm knitting Halloween socks, which I'll talk about right now. Yes. I am knitting Jaywalkers by Grumperina. Flashback. I know. I didn't knit them the you first time. I never knit them. I I don't know if I even have my pair anymore. I knit them a million years ago. It's a free pattern, and it's basically a bias kind of chevron chevron sock pattern. Um, I did make modifications to this because thousands of people have knit them, and the consensus is they're too tight to get or really tight to get over the instep of your foot, the heel portion. Is the fabric? It doesn't have as much, because it biases in both directions, so it doesn't have that much stretch. Yeah. So I actually, I overcompensated on mine, so mine were always really floopy. Oh, okay. So. Um, I read a ton of notes on people's projects and kind of went from there. So what I did is, so first of all, I'm using two colors of yarn. I'm using socks that rock lightweight, which I feel like is a heavier weight sock yarn. Yeah. For contrast, and then I'm using Miss Babs uh, Yummy... Two ply, I think, which is her sock, uh, one of her sock bases, in the color Witch's Potion, uh-huh. which is Halloweeny. <laughs> it is. It's pumpkiny orange and black, and a kind of neon green and purple, and I love it. <laughs> um, so I'm using that, and so I cast on with the black color, which is the socks that rock. And I cast on 72 stitches instead of 76 mm-hmm. on a smaller needle. Then I switched to the 
which is a 2.25. I switched a 2.5 needle for the leg and then put in yarn for an after scrap yarn for an afterthought heel. And then mm. with the foot, I switched back to the smaller needle. Oh, okay. So you can see where the... So where you get a little more ease, like on the instep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see where the, like the pulling changed because yeah. <laughs> my needle size changed, yeah. which is kind of interesting. The top is super like kind regular, of... Regular, regular stripes. Stripes, kind of Missoni mm-hmm. going on, which mm-hmm. I really love because that's the part you see if you're wearing and shoes. The bottom is like hypnotic. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> like half of it's orange and black and half of it's purple and green almost. That's pretty crazy. Um, and then I switched to the contrast for the toe and then went back and knit the heel and the contrast color. So I finished the first one and I'm on the leg of the second one. As soon as I finish these, I'm going to cast on that spectrum shawl. So, uh, I like them. Like, there's, like, a thunderbolt right down the bottom of the foot. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of classic socks at rock yeah, pulling. it is. A lightning bolt. Um, so I'm really excited about them. And I had this yarn in my stash for, like, four years, I think. Maybe five. Halloween socks. Yay! Yeah. I've knit, like, five rows on my rounds on my rainbow hat blanket, which I've talked mm-hmm. about before. Slow going, because it's a million stitches. <laughs> <laughs> I have two cardigans on the needles. One is a test knit for Andy Satterland. Mm-hmm. Can't talk about it. Nope. But I can say that it's a cardigan. Because uh, I hopefully <laughs> the pattern. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully it'll be out before Cardi Party is over. So I can count it in my Cardi Party uh, cardigan <laughs> count. And then the second cardigan I am knitting is Belmont by Gooder and Johnston mm-hmm. from Shetland Trader Book 2. And I freaking love it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's in the Plucky Knitter Primo Fingering that I bought at the last Sock Summit. Yes. And it's like this beautiful, rusty, orangey, kind of red, burnt orange. Um, and I am, where am I? I've been working on my test knit because that has priority. Mm. So, uh,. I think I'm almost done with the waist, like the shaping mm-hmm. um, for Belmont. So I'm pretty close to splitting for the front and the back. Um, and then once you get there, like the sleeves are in stock in it right. and you the just have the lace right. panel on the fronts. So, or the lace pattern on the fronts. So it should go pretty fast. And you knit the sleeves from the top down. Right. And the button bands are integrated into the body. Oh, okay. With the buttonholes. So you don't have to go back and do the buttonholes. That's even. cool. So you just have to do the neckline finishing and the sleeves once you knit the body. Um, I think I'm into my second skein of yarn. I have three. Mm-hmm. I have enough yarn for it. So, uh, and if not, <laughs> you knit the sleeves from the top down. So, uh, I'm you ready. Like three quarter length sleeves? <laughs> I do. You do. <laughs> I'm going to shove mine up. My yeah. length one's up. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And yeah, two cardigans. Yay. And I Good want one to knit one for me. I just want to knit all the sweaters. <laughs> I still want to knit all the sweaters. It's kind of ridiculous. I just, ugh. I love them. I want to knit them all. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, I think that's it. Okay. I'm trying, I'm looking and I don't, I don't see any in <laughs> my huge messy pile of stuff over there. There's nothing else. Someone like you. My messy pile of knitting? Yeah. No. It's like the one area where I'm super messy. (laughs) Well, my desk is kind of messy right now. I've been super busy. You know, soccer practice? Sorry. Little tangent here. Soccer practice now for uh, Audrey's class, like whatever, U6 or whatever. They practice twice a week. (laughs) So I'm there Wednesday and Friday uh, for an hour, and then old. an hour uh, for the soccer game plus mm-hmm. you know plus transportation. So that's like three hours, which I can usually at the soccer games I don't knit because usually because there's, I like to clap and like cheer for the, all the girls that are playing. <laughs> um, but practice that's a couple hours of knitting. It's just like I'm not at home. 
Yeah. So I come home and I'm tired from work and then the practice and then things just get thrown everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I got a lot going on. I can tell you having an 18 year old boy move out of your house every day I come home and I'm like, it's so clean. (laughs) There's no one has left underpants in my living room and all the food is exactly where I left it. That's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and my younger son is so glad he doesn't have to share his bathroom with his brother. So yeah, S- small silver lining to that. Yeah. See, Audrey comes in in her soccer uniform and just like strips off the jersey and the cleats <laughs> and everything, like right in the right by the front door. Just like, <laughs> then she gets mad at me when I ask her to pick it up. It's like we have to walk through here. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah. She also hates it when I call her dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm from uh, California, and yeah. I call everything dude. Everyone yes. and everything. Yes. Knitting is dude. A glass of water is dude. You're a dude. <laughs> Everyone's a dude. Or duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, so I read a book. You read like a book. All of it. All right. Because <laughs> you talked about... I talked about the boys. nest the last time. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then... Um, and I was just about to start... Uh, I was just starting Boy Snow Bird... But then I got a book from the library due to mismanaging my holds where like all of a sudden it was like everything showed up like whoops. I meant to extend some of the holds. Um, and there, it's a book by Karen Joy Fowler who I think, I think she's the author of the Jane Austen book club, mm. which I never read, but it's called We Are All Completely Beside Ourselves. And um, without revealing anything about the book, it's about a young woman who's a college student who comes from a very interesting family, let's just say. And, um, it's, yeah, I don't want to give anything away about it, but it's just an interesting story. It's she's a very quirky narrator and kind of a slightly unreliable narrator or she's not really even sure about a lot of things. Um, but it's just a really interesting story and really well written, like just a really quirky, engaging narrator where she's just really odd duck. And it's just kind of interesting to kind of be inside her head and sort of see the things that are going on in there. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really excellent, excellent book. Um, a little, a little different. And then, uh, yeah, the next book we're supposed to read for book club is Kindred, which I've had from the library and is like almost due and I haven't even cracked it yet, but Uh-oh. it's really short. It's like 200 pages. Oh, okay. I just, you know, have to actually like pick it up and read the words. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes there's barriers, but, um, yeah, but I really enjoyed that and I read a whole book. So yeah, roadblock. Yep. Gotta uh, open the book. Oh, gotta open it. Uh, oh, I'm tired. Uh, uh, <laughs> so... Tony Williamson decided he's going to be Bob from Bob's think, Burgers yeah. for Halloween. And I was like, oh, then I can be Linda. And he just looks at me and he goes, um, that would be awkward. <laughs> Damn it. But I want to be Linda. Oh, you okay. can be Linda. But not with him as Bob. Yeah. That would, that would be awkward. Yeah. I'm married to my mom. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Maybe not. I'm going to do couples costume. I think, you know, doing that with your 16 year old son is maybe not quite the way to go. Um, I don't know. What have you been reading? I read Red Dragon by Thomas Harris. Ah, yes. You're sort of making your way through those, aren't you? Yes. Because, like Hannibal, when Andy finishes them, she passes them mm-hmm. off to me. So she's reading Silence of the Lambs right now, which I haven't read in a long time. Mm-hmm. And she's going to give me, lend that to me next. So Red Dragon is. Um, a crime novel that it has Hannibal Lecter in it, and I assume that everyone by now knows who Hannibal Lecter is. Yes, I think we're all pretty clear. Character. Um, and there have been movies. There's a movie called Red Dragon with Crispin Glover as the tooth fairy, but it's basically Will Graham, who's the the main character, who's investigating a series of murders. Um, of families in the, ooh, what area is it? Chicago area? Yes. Um, that are very disturbing. And so he, Will Graham has this kind of weird ability to 
get into the minds of killers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's good. That's all I'll say about it. It's been around for a while. Yeah. If you like crime thrillers or things about, um, uh, what are they called? Like procedural type stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not a procedural, but it's really interesting. And it's like, you know kind of going behind the scenes of what happens in those kinds of investigations. Although it's very gruesome. Mm-hmm. So if, Like all the Hannibal Lecter stuff. Yes. So if, if that freaks you out, it's pretty graphic. It's not for you. Yeah. But if you like that kind of stuff, then it is for you. <laughs> I thought it was surprisingly well written. Oh, so, that's good. Uh, and I like Will Graham, the Will Graham character. Mm-hmm. So I finished that, and I'm reading Devil in the White City by Eric Larson, oh, which has been around also for a while. Big serial killer kick. Um, also in Chicago. Also in Chicago, More serial yes. killers in Chicago. Yes. Um, so this is a nonfiction book. So it's about H.H. Holmes, who was a mass murderer during the Chicago Columbian, oh, the Columbian Exhibition. Exhibition. Which I know tons about because that was the, the year that the University of Chicago was founded, and the grounds for the exhibition were yeah. like there with, I mean, some of the buildings remain for the campus, like the. Yeah. So, so it's not just about homes. It's about the building of the white city, which mm-hmm. is where the exhibition took place. And just coincidentally, that happened to be the time where Holmes started like building his murder palace. <laughs> That's what I call it. I made that up. His murder palace. He built a city block that had secret rooms and torture chambers and all kinds of crazy stuff in order for him to kill people. Yeah. Yay. Killer of the community. Yeah. Um, but he was well-liked by many people. But a lot of people was, always say about serial killers. Like, I know. He seemed like a normal, nice like guy. A nice guy. So that's really interesting. I think I'm about 25% of the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Pretty great. I think that's the... It's, I'm pretty sure that's the book that Eric Larson kind of became famous for. Yeah. Was that one? And it's been out since the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So, kind of late to that party. But I didn't have to wait long to get it from the library. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm reading that. And then, on a lighter note, <laughs> I'm reading a short satirical novel by Evelyn Waugh called The Loved One. Ah. And it's about uh, British expats living in Hollywood... And oh. the, and like funerals and mortuaries and stuff, which is very strange. Sounds very strange. So the, it's this group of British expats living in Hollywood. Some of them work in Hollywood directly. Um, and then there's this one kind of outcast British expat who works at a pet cemetery, <laughs> like a high end pet cemetery. And then one of their cronies commits suicide, and the guy who works at the pet cemetery was this guy's roommate, and so he is put in charge of all the funeral stuff, and he's very interested in it from, like, a learning perspective because of the pet cemetery thing. They're based on this, what's it called? It's like Happy Gates or something like that. Um, in the book, but there's this whole industry around, um, burying the people of Hollywood in a certain uh, way. Yeah. So it's pretty scathing. It's really funny. In the very beginning of the book, um, like the, several of the British characters are just hanging out. They're all older gentlemen. They're hanging out in their slightly decaying, um, Hollywood homes because they are not working as much as they used to in the film industry and you don't really know if they're in a developing country by the description like because they're British they could be anywhere in the British Empire in that period because it takes place in the 20s Um, so you don't know if they're like in Africa or India but then you find out it's Hollywood. <laughs> like, their pools are empty and there's grass growing through, like, the concrete and all this other stuff. Um, but it's really funny. I'll be honest, there's some racist stuff in it because it's written in the 20s. Uh, which, you know, 
of course I don't like that, but I was like, it's the 20s, yeah. and it's a white British guy writing this. Yeah. So, uh, that was a little disappointing. I haven't read Evelyn Waugh before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched movies based on some of his works, like, mm-hmm. um, Return, Brightside Revisited. Revisited. Have you never read Brightside? Uh-uh. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I've just watched all the minis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that's the only thing that's turning me off of it. Yeah. The rest of it is really great. So I don't want to be like an apologist saying, well, you know, stove time because I still find it distasteful. Yeah. Um, but there's a little bit of that in it. Yeah. Uh, but it's very good and it's very short and it's very funny. Uh. What you been watching? I, oh, I watched, I finally watched, um, season one of Fargo. Um, so it's a mini series. It is not based on the movie Fargo. It's kind of set in the milieu of Fargo. So there's, there's a man who kills his wife. There's hired killers. So so there's sort of like these characters that seem somehow tangentially like, or, or analogs for characters in Fargo. And there's a female police officer, but none of them are the same characters that are in Fargo mm-hmm. and they're quite different. And then there's lots of other stuff going on too. Cause they get, to, it's a whole series. So they get to really spin it out. Um, so the way they're doing the series is that like each season is its own, contained story. So, um, the first one is sort of set at the same time as the original, uh, or maybe a little, it's a little bit after, um, the movie Fargo, um, is set, but then the season two, which I haven't started yet is set in the seventies. So again, it's like sort of that Cone brothers feel that kind of atmosphere, but not anything specifically related to that. Um, so, uh, season one stars, um, Martin Freeman as a not very nice man and, uh, Billy Bob Thornton is a really not nice man. Um, and yeah, it's really, um, it's got that kind of dark Cone Brothers humor, but it's mostly just like kind of creep. It, it's this really slow, like, slow burn where you're like, uh, it just, things just keep getting worse. It's like kind of that like endless ride to the top of the roller coaster feeling of like tick, 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 tick. But it just keeps building and keeps building. And every time you think like, well, here we go. Like, nope, nope. They just keep building more. Um, and it just, yeah, it has some very like somewhat surreal elements to it, but it's, um, Anyway, I, really fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Um, I tried, started to watch The Path, which is a Hulu series that stars um, Hugh Dancy, who's in Hannibal, mm-hmm. and um, Aaron Paul from uh, Breaking Bad. That's about a cult, like a, a sort of science, not, they're not Scientology, but it's, uh, they're called, it's called like Meyerism, but there's, it's very much like like the master or something like that, where Mm -hmm. there is some guru who feels he's found this path to enlightenment and it's these steps that you have to take and you have to take these workshops and things. Um, but you know, where it's, it's this view from inside, but I started watching, it was like so tense, like everything you could just tell was going to go so badly for everyone involved. I was like, I can't really hack this right now. So then I watched a bunch of silly things like RuPaul's Drag Race, got caught up on the season in Project Runway, but then I just started watching Westworld. Oh, I'm watching that too. Start on HBO. Yeah. And talk about like, huh, ah, <laughs> like that show just like sets me on edge. So, um, it's, you know, it's based on the, what was it? Late seventies mm-hmm. movie that is sort of like a classic bad sci-fi movie of where it's this theme park, this sort of Western theme park where your guests are interacting with these kind of Western robots, but the robot, like something goes wrong and the robots all go crazy. Um, but it was interesting. I didn't, I forgot that, um, the original movie screenplay 
was written by Michael Crichton. Because mm-hmm. I was saying to Wes, I'm like, do you remember who wrote this? And he's like, I don't remember. I was like, someone else who likes to write about theme parks where scientists mess with stuff and it all goes really badly. And then he's like, oh, right, Michael Crichton. Because <laughs> it's like, it's Jurassic Park. I mean, yeah. Jurassic Park is Westworld like, kind of all over again. Mm-hmm. But so the original Westworld is just a movie. But so this they're doing is a series, which I don't really get. Like they're saying it's season one. I'm like, how could there be a season two? Like, and I can just expand on the story. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how they'll how I, much they can draw it I, out. I've never seen the movie, so I haven't either. But it's like Gil Brenner's in it, and yeah, I mean, it, that's, it's always that's what I know. About. It always has such a reputation for being a really bad movie. Yeah. Um, it's like it's sci-fi meets western, but it's not a space western like uh, Firefly. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So the yeah. you know the theme park is this sort of old west experience, but you've got like people in the contemporary or in like a kind of a near future world who are like creating this whole experience and then people who are going into it. Super rich people going yes, into it. Yes. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the most, uh, the worst thing about it is this idea of like that, that if people are, if there's no rules that people will just do like the worst things. Yeah. You know, where they're free to kill and rape and do whatever they want mm-hmm. because they're, they're, they're not doing it to real people. And I'm kind of like, what's going on with you that you want that experience? You know, even if it's not a real person, it's, it's someone who looks like a real person who behaves like a real person. And what's the name of the actor who plays like the man in black? Uh, Ed Harris. Ed Harris is yeah. a name. He's really good. Yeah. And it's, it, usually he plays like, kind of like. Good guys. Yeah, or, you and know, he's, like, he's solid not guys. a good guy. He's playing a really twisted guy in this who's, like, determined to understand the secrets of this. And you've got Evan Rachel Wood as sort mm-hmm. of one of the... One of the... the hosts, hosts. They call them. Kind of, um, uh, who's, like, maybe... Or not maybe, you know, or something... Something is starting to go wrong with him, and Tandy Newton's in it, and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like... I've only watched the... I mean, there, I think only two episodes two are episodes, out. Yeah, yeah. So I've only watched... Like, the first, like, one and a half episodes of it, but I don't really understand how it could go beyond, like, It has Anthony Hopkins in it. Oh, right. Anthony Hopkins and Jeffrey Wright. Anthony Hopkins is, like, the creator. The creator. The one who came up with the original technology for it. Um, And I guess it's sort of supposed to be set as if, like, the original Westworld had actually happened, and they, like, shut it all down, and now they've, like, relaunched with, like... Better technology and, like, because they kind of referenced that that thing had happened before. Oh, you yeah. Know, so, um, and then Jeffrey Wright is one of the new scientists who's working on it. Yeah. Is that the um, BD from the Hunger Games? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know his name. Yeah. And he's in, um, Broken Flowers. He's in the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's, he's in a lot. He's great. I like, I like it. So or he's far. in Basquiat. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's, it's interesting. The look is fantastic. Like the look of the kind of the, the future world. If you world like sci-fi and, the, and you like period pieces, like, yeah. here you go. <laughs> but you have to like really violent Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an HBO show. There's like lots of sex and nudity and violence, yeah. so not watch it with the kids. Yeah, no. <laughs> but anyway, but it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious where they're going to go with it. Like yeah. how they'll build it to a story. It's like, one Noah and I are watching together. And whether so. they'll you know, get greedy and try to make it go too long. Oh, or yeah. They should just be like, no, actually 12 episodes is good. Yeah. What else have you been watching? So that was Westworld. I'm mm-hmm. watching American Horror Story Hotel, yeah. which is one with Lady Gaga that came out last year. Someone's a year behind because that's how Netflix releases <laughs> them, which is disturbing. And actually the hotel, which is the Hotel Cortez, um, and the show has a lot of things I think taken from H.H. H. Holmes from oh. his, like, his building that he made. Like, there's a shoot for dead bodies, um, which is something H.H. H. Holmes had from the second floor to the basement. There's uh, hallways that end that have no doors. Like, they have doors in them, but the doors don't go anywhere. It's just wall. Like, things like that that they took from oh. from that um, extra creepy then. <laughs> yeah, and that's also super violent and mm-hmm. has a lot of sex in it and all that yep. stuff. 
if you've ever watched any American Horror Story, it's, which yeah. I have not because I'm a chicken yeah. and I don't like really scary stuff. But Lady Gaga is good, and her costumes are really amazing. Because huh. um, she's she goes through decade different decades. So there's twenties uh, fashion. There's um, stuff from the seventies, like Angela Bassett is this badass lady who is <laughs> a big actor in the seventies. Um, and there's some stuff in the 80s. And I like Wes Bentley. He's not in that much, but I like him. He plays a cop in this. He goes crazy. So. All right. Um, and then I watched three different documentaries. I watched the Amanda Knox documentary. Oh, did you? It was really good. Is it? Oh. Yes. And it's a lot of, I mean, it's very tense because it's, um, it's one-on-one a lot of one-on-one conversation with her. So Amanda Knox, if people don't remember, is a she was a UW student mm-hmm. living in Italy. Yeah, who was accused and uh, convicted, and then acquitted, and then re like retried Recused. for the murder of her British roommate. roommate. Mm-hmm. Her and her Italian boyfriend. Right. So it's her and her Italian boyfriend, or not boyfriend anymore, um, and then one of the skeezy journalists. Who broke a lot of the stories and didn't fact check stuff, which is like a huge problem with that. And then the lead police officer detective, who also did not, he just came up with this. This is my understanding from watching the documentary, and I was following the news story at the time, mm-hmm. is that the police there decided that they knew what happened, and regardless of contrary evidence or any, in, like, really tried and true investigative practices decided this crazy story is what happened and that's what they went with. Yeah. Um, and there's a man in jail for it and I can't remember his name, but he was like this guy that was around in the neighborhood and fled the country right after the roommate's murder. Who's now in jail for it. So, um, I thought it was really good. And if you are interested either in that story or if you like, like, um, crime documentaries that you'll probably like this because there are some scenes from the, or photos from the crime scene, but most like evidence photos, but most of it is just them talking and kind of laying the groundwork for, for her going to Italy and then what she experienced and what the boyfriend experienced and like the kind of crazy snowball that happened, Mm -hmm. uh, after the murder. Um, so I recommend that. And then I watched the other two documentaries I watched are kind of go together because they're both fashion <laughs> documentaries. Oh. Um, one is called Women He's Undressed about Ori Kelly, who's this really well-known, well, I guess maybe not really well-known, <laughs> um, uh, costume designer in Hollywood, oh. uh, Gregory Peck's boyfriend before Gregory Peck became Gregory Peck before uh-huh. he changed his name and like got famous in Hollywood. Um, they were roommates and maybe other things in New York city. Um, Ori Kelly, um, his real name's Ori. I can't remember his last name, but it's hyphenated. Ori Kelly is what he went by in films or in, in film credits. He's from Australia. He moved to the U S and, got into Hollywood and became this really sought after, uh, women fashion or costume designer for women who worked with Betty Davis and Marilyn Monroe and all the kind of starlets mm-hmm. between, um, I want to say the thirties and then like the sixties. Oh, cool. Um, and then it's really good if you're into like old films or fashion history or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. And then there's like the kind of scandalous stuff about, mm-hmm. Him and Gregory Peck, if confirmed by Gregory Peck mm-hmm. ever, which why would he confirm that when right. he's so famous? Yeah, um, but they were friends off and on after Gregory Peck got uh, became really famous. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's really good. Recommend it. It's on Netflix. And then the other one I watched is called The First Monday in May, which is about the Met Gala oh, for yeah. the costume fashion department they have there. Mm-hmm. It's the first Monday in May and Anna Wintour is the board right. on the board for it and she helps 
and it's Sarah she, Jessica Parker. Um, it's just amazing. And it's all about the um, exhibition they did on China through the looking glass. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the largest exhibits like that in history. It had some 200 something pieces in it. Um, and they got pieces from China and then it was also Western designers. And I can't remember the man's name who's the curator and he's amazing. It is really good. Even if you don't care for like the gala event kind of <laughs> things, because there's a lot of like Buzz Lerman makes an appearance because he does some of the, um, the concepts for the party. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this weird intersection. So they go through the planning of the whole thing, which is what I found really interesting. If you want to find out anything about how shows like that are curated mm-hmm. and the roadblocks to setting them up, because they had to work with the director for the Chinese uh, exhibit there, because mm-hmm. he really wanted to highlight the art and the culture. And then there's the fashion. He's like, oh, I feel like this is going to overshadow the stuff that I want to highlight. So there's a lot of collaboration. Um, there's a weird intersection of, cause they're pop, like pop music people, mm-hmm. they're actors, they're people in the fashion industry, they're artists. So it's like this really interesting cross section of people that show up for it. And I love the planning part because I like the plans. <laughs> it's like where they sit, where where they seat people and how they decide to seat people. Uh-huh. Like there's this huge, uh, like table chart with post-its and they're talking about so-and-so's people and this so-and-so's people and who's going to get the crappy table behind the pillar, <laughs> like, uh, how much money people are going to cost and yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. And then the exhibit itself is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so if any of that is of interest to you, I found it fascinating. And that's also on Netflix. Cool. Yeah. That's it. All right. Lots of documentaries. Cool. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. So yeah, that's show it. notes can be found at doublenet.net. And you can join us on our Ravelry group, which is Doublenet Podcast Fans. And we'll probably see you next month. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. The cats are on the prowl again tonight. Rosa Trump is looking for a fight. A saga with the coming of the light. And it's just another dark and rainy night. I'm sleeping with my enemies again. It's hard to find someone to call a friend. Chain